0: Hello, folks. I'm Yolanda Johnson Bryant, and you're watching The Other Side of the Dash. joining me today, folks. Uh, If you haven't already, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button, Uh, share this channel, give us a thumbs up, and uh, comment below uh, if you think these videos that I am bringing here on the other side of the dash are very uh, informational to you uh, as a person living on the other side of your dash. Uh, Today, I have a very dear friend and my real estate agent in Greensboro, North Carolina and she is living her best life on the other side of her dash. She is a real estate agent. Her name is Sandra J. Wright and I'm gonna let her introduce herself and tell her tell you guys more about herself. Sandra. Welcome to the show by the way. <laughs> well
1: thank you for having me, Yolanda. Hello fellow dashers. Um, it's a pleasure to be with you. As Yolanda said, I'm Sandra Wright uh, in uh, the Triad area of North Carolina. I've uh, been a, in a real estate broker for a few years, um, broker of my own firm, and I absolutely uh, enjoy it. Uh, I won't say that I love real estate. That's not what I love. I love advocacy and making sure that everyone has an opportunity to uh, participate and have uh, ethical um, representation as they're out here. Uh, trying to buy or sell their homes that's what that's what my passion is my passion is people uh, not the real estate itself and so uh, it was a pleasure Yolanda to help you and Greg transition from North Carolina to Texas uh, because it's not always about buildings and bricks it's people's lives are connected to these transactions and so each transaction means something very personal Um, to that family or that individual that you're working with. And so that's what I love to connect with. So again, thank you so much for having
0: me. You're welcome. And I love hearing that because she is correct. Sandra, um, and we won't get into everything that Sandra does. Um, She's been very modest, but she is an advocate for many, several things. Uh, Many of the things are on the other side of the dash that are not even related to real estate, Um, but she does love helping people. And I just want to um, give her a shout out. So if you are in the triad and you need to buy or sell your house, look Sandra up um, because she is going to help you. So I've sold and bought houses before, um, but I've never had the level of care. So I didn't know what I was doing because the agents that I had before were just, you know, and I didn't know what to look for. So Sandra, when we sold our house, she uh, told us things, we were trying to get this, that and fixed. And she's like, no, that adds no value. Do this, do that, and whatever. And so once we did that, we had a budget and we pretty much stuck with our budget, except for a couple things. But she kept us on our budget on what we were going to repair in our house or fix up and what we were not. And also, so when the house went on the market, Sandra, I think the house went on the, the market that Friday. And I'm going to tell you guys that next day, we had multiple offers. Our house was sold within 24 to 48 hours. We thought we were going to have weeks on the market. That house was sold. Sandra, Sandra, we would go out when uh, she would do a show, and we would go out, go eat, or go to whatever. And she would call and say, Don't come back. We got another showing. Don't come back. We got it. So, you know, we would stay out all day. But that house sold. Um, is that typical for you, Sandra? Because I know it's not typical for every agent, but I know you, you like to hustle and bustle. Is that uh, normal <laughs> for you?
1: <laughs> well, that was what a year. Uh, And a few months ago, Mm -hmm. right? That was a year and and, and a few months ago.
0: It was not this past December, but December before that, yes.
1: Yes, yes. And what was happening is that we were really just on the cusp of this kind of crazy real estate market that uh, we're in now. That if you had a home in a certain price point, um, then you had a home that had very low inventory. So there was not a lot of homes like yours on the market. But we had a lot of buyers looking for homes like that, and so the timing of it really was just absolutely, it, and it was inevitable that it would happen that way. Um, I absolutely love going above and beyond in my representation of a home, and you did in my marketing, in my marketing of a home. I use every tool available to me to make sure that I get that home in front of as many people uh, as I, as I can. But Yolanda, you and Greg had an absolutely beautiful home. I mean, you were offering something that um, people were going to naturally and very organically be attracted to. And so I think it was just a combination of events. It was timing, it was location, it was the home itself. One of the things that you touched on briefly um, was that, you know, Where do you spend your money when you're looking at, you know, doing those repairs or upgrades or whatever, and oftentimes for home sellers who've lived in that home and who've loved on that home, when you sell it, you want to begin to do things to it as though you're going to keep living there. Okay. And so there is a point in which you've overdone that and it won't bring you any value back. So it's very important not to just throw money to the wind, but to put the, those dollars um, in areas that are going to net you a return. And so that's why I was very careful with you and Greg about where you were spending money, because I know you. <laughs> I know you and I know that you're very specific. You like things done a, a certain way. But you were about to head in a direction as though you all were going to continue to live in that home. For the next 10 years and, and that was not the goal.
0: And I'm glad you said that because I'm going to touch briefly on this topic um and you can answer it any way you choose to answer or if you can say I'm not going to touch that but um when it comes to decorating the home um you told us to take a lot of the personal aspects out of the home um, there have been a lot of things going on uh especially here in Texas but around the country where let's just say um an African-American may have pictures of their family or, you know, African-American art on the wall. And when they took the, and they would get a certain value for their home or certain offers, but when they took those personal mementos down, that their house uh, value increased like 10,000. Is that an actual thing? Uh, If you don't want to touch it in that aspect, maybe tell us why it's important not to put personal, uh, things like you just said, as if you were going to be staying in the house because you're selling to someone else. So tell us why that's so important.
1: Well, it's important that when a potential buyer walk into that space, that it's a space that they're able to see themselves and their families living in, not so much of you. If, if there's so much of you there, it crowds their ability to be able to see themselves living in in that space. So it's very important that you minimize um, yourself um, in that space. But unfortunately, yes, it is a thing. Sometimes we um, have just just judgments about things. Um, Sometimes people bring biases into a situation. And that does not end just because you're looking for a home right. uh, i have walked into homes for example with people um, christians for example a beautiful home it might have been exactly what they were looking for but if they see certain religious symbols uh, a yeah. buddha for example it might be a complete turnoff for them and there's no way they don't care that that home has rang every bell or checked every box on that list because they saw a symbol um, that was so different than their beliefs it became a deal breaker um, for them. And so the th- the same concept happens across all kinds of lines, whether they're racial lines, whether they're religious beliefs or whether they're political beliefs, things like that you may want to put away um, so that people won't have anything to judge except for that piece of property.
0: Exactly. And let's go ahead and get into the market. Uh, the markets, I, I'll let you uh, in a minute elaborate on the market there in the triad, but here in Texas, things are just so people are doing things like adding uh, timeshares or vacation houses or tons. They're paying a $100,000 more above what the house is selling for in order to get the houses because I'm sure, like you said before, the inventory is not there and the inventory you know, it's very, it's very uh, limited. Um, so it's it's going really crazy here. And just briefly to touch on our story, you know, our story, Sandra, about how we had initially had our dream house built and we were waiting on the transfer from Greg's job. And we asked for an extension, a week extension, and they would not give it to us. Uh, and we asked for it 30 days before our closing date. And the day of our closing, we got the okay to do the transfer but they had already sold our house to someone else uh, for I'm sure a higher price. And so we were back down here that day looking for another house and we got the house that we live in. And and it's ironic because the house that we had built is only five houses down from where (laughs) we live now. Isn't that funny? So with that crazy. And so now uh, people are just paying these premiums just to get in a house. And I remember telling people, if you can't make it in Texas, you can't make it anywhere because the cost of living is, uh, is so low. The income, there's no in- state income tax. And the houses are just affordable. I cannot say that any longer. How is the market doing in the triad?
1: Well, we, Yolanda, uh, have many of the same market conditions uh, that you have there in Texas. Limited inventory, way more buyers than we have properties. And so we see the same thing happening. Uh, it's very competitive. Properties going for you know several thousand dollars above asking. And I don't mean several single digit thousand right. dollars. I mean several double digit thousands of dollars above the asking price. And so then that begs the question of what happens if this property does not appraise? And it's important as a buyer that you understand what that means. Because you've just offered someone $50,000 above what their agent has already predetermined the comps are selling for. And so, if your appraisal doesn't come in at the price that you've just contracted for, then there's a shortfall. And so, who's going to pay that difference? Because the lender is only going to loan you they're up to, up to the appraised value. And so it's very important that you have an in-depth conversation with your agent about what that means for me if this property does not appraise. And not only have the conversation, but make sure that you have the resources to pull from to be able to make up that difference. Because if you don't, here in North Carolina, what that means is that you've left your due diligence fee on the table and due diligence fees right now for homes that are priced mid 200s get anywhere from 10 to $30,000 in due diligence fee. That is the amount of money that you give the buyer up front just for the privilege of them taking that house off the market for you to do your investigations. And if anything goes wrong in that transaction and the buyer cannot or decides not to move forward, they don't get that money back.
0: So it's very, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: No. So I was was saying it's very important that when you are bidding, because it's very much become a bidding war and you decide to give to give an offer above asking that you have the resources to be able to make up that difference should that property not appraise.
0: So now I have two things. One is the due diligence, uh, a standard uh, real estate. Uh, procedure or is it, does it vary from state to state? And I ask you that because I remember you talking about the due diligence and our situation, but when we, moved, when we moved here, there was no such thing as due diligence or we were it was not mentioned. We did put our earnest money down in, but that did not take it off the market because as you know, uh, and I asked you this, they were still showing our house even though we had put our earnest money down and they were building it for our specifications, and that was how this other person was able to come and buy it. So one is the due diligence everywhere, and two, am I correct in understanding that okay, you had the conversation with your real estate agent, you want to go ahead, you don't want to lose this house, so you're willing to pay fifty thousand more than John Doe or whatever, and uh, we know that our house is our biggest asset. However, if you choose to go proceed with that, you have to have this house and you pay above and it does not appraise. Is it safe to assume that you've entered into a mortgage or a home in the red as opposed into actually making, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, equity in your home? Okay, so you... A lot of
1: questions <laughs> in, into that one. So that's okay. So, so let, let me go backwards. Um, I think the first part of your question had to do with due diligence and whether that's standardized from state to state. And this is real estate. So there is nothing standardized from state to state one of the reasons that your north carolina license only allows you to practice real estate in the state of north carolina okay. is because real estate is very specific to a, to a locality to a market the the jurisdictions are different the um, the statutes are different laws are different and so you cannot take this north carolina license and practice real estate in any other state with it other than north carolina so okay. there is no standardization when it comes to real estate from state to state. Oftentimes, however, in new construction, that's what you and Greg's home was, was a new construction home, is that we don't see the due diligence fee in new construction. So you were right there, it's it's pretty um, commonplace to only see your deposit due or your earnest money with a new construction. And that's even here in North Carolina with new construction. So um, we don't typically see the due diligence with, with new construction. Okay. Okay. Um, what was the second part of that question? Your the Honor?
0: second one was, uh, if you go ahead and assume the responsibility of paying above uh, the market or what the house might appraise for, just because you don't want to lose that house and you want right. to beat out the competition. Uh, is What it, does that
1: mean for the value?
0: Exactly. Is it, is it safe to assume that you automatically enter into uh, a situation where you're already in the red in a situation where it, you should enter in the black. In the black, considering that your home is your biggest biggest asset,
1: it it is an investment. It is an absolute investment. And one of the reasons that people are willing to take that chance right now is because you almost have no choice. If you're going to own a piece of real estate, um, it, 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 it's the competition is so fierce that it really does not leave you many options. But because it is real estate. Uh, what we hope is that the market will remain constant enough where even if you don't achieve full appraisal value now, because you're going to be occupying right. that home, right. uh, you're going to be paying that mortgage down, and with the passage of time, the value will organically uh, increase, then you'll be able to catch that up. Right. Gotcha. And so not achieving full value right now is not the worst thing okay. uh, that can happen um, because, again, uh, as market conditions change, uh, as market condi- conditions continue to improve, uh, I'm an optimist, and so I'm going to say continue to improve, then the thought process is that you will eventually catch up any shortfall in the value.
0: Okay, okay. And um, let me ask you this um, what are some of the things that a buyer, even a seller, should be looking for when they're trying to um, land? Uh, I, I don't like that word, but you get what I'm saying. A real estate <laughs> agent. Um, and I ask this because, like I said, I've had real estate agents in the in the past that just didn't really, they didn't educate me. They didn't care. They wanted their commission. Um, and then there's some like you who go above and beyond, I feel. Um, and then I have an agent here that I feel uh, went uh, above and beyond. However, I do feel like maybe if I had, we had had her go to this builder, we wouldn't have lost the first house. Uh, so what are some things, some key things, you don't have to go through all of them because I know there's a lot, but some key things that a person should be looking for in a real estate agent when buying and selling a home?
1: Well, you wanna make sure that you're working with somebody who is familiar with the market. Um, that's, that's one of the main things. Somebody who does not mind taking the time to answer your questions and explain things. I think sometimes I feel like I over-explain just because it's important for me that you don't sleepwalk through this process. Um, I feel that an educated buyer or seller um, is a powerful buyer or seller. Uh, And so I like to um, lay it out there, uh, lump sum in the beginning, do a complete overview and then revisit each section as we're going through it. So just make sure that you have someone who you believe is patient, Um, but and let your instinct guide you. You don't always know everything about anybody that you contract to do business with upfront. But what you need to understand is that if it doesn't feel right to you, uh, very rare are our instincts wrong. Uh, And so just get a feel for who a person is. Make sure that it's someone that you feel that you can work with. Um, talk to references if they, you know, have done some real estate transactions in the past. Ask if they might be able to have a conversation with some of the people that you've done business with. But I think referrals is just a really good way of knowing that you're getting someone solid in the industry that you can trust and, and do business with. And if it doesn't feel right, just explain that it's not working out for you and to, then that you would like to terminate. Right. Uh, the agreement and, and move on and get somebody else that you feel that you can work with that will take care of you.
0: Good. Don't be afraid to do that. Right, okay, okay. I'm, I'm glad you said that because a lot of people don't know that they can terminate their contract and go you to another- You can absolutely another terminate it. That's mm-hmm. right. So let's let's talk about one more thing and and we'll go ahead and end. I really want to have you back because there's so much more information to talk about, uh, but I know your time is valuable, but I do want to talk about, I have talked to several people who do not understand the difference between an appraisal and an inspection. They figure if they get the appraisal, they don't need an inspection when they are actually two entirely two different things. Can you tell us the difference between those two things?
1: That is a great question, Yolanda. And to your point, people get these two mixed up all of the time, okay? The home inspection is done to help you understand what the condition of the home is in. I tell people, this is what I tell my clients, the home inspection is not to make an older home new again. That's not what it's for. A home inspection is to reveal anything that might give you pause, anything that might give you concern, anything that might make you want to run like a bad roof, right? Exactly. That's what the home inspection is for. Are there any structural issues that might end up costing you a significant amount of money? down the road. Again, it's not to make an older home new again, but we know what we can see visibly when we go into a home. There's so many things that we can't see because we don't crawl up in the attic or go into the crawl space. or We're not able to look at that home with the critical eye that a licensed trained inspector uh, is able to. And so they go in, they do a thorough inspection, they do a visual inspection. They want to know what's going on with the plumbing. They want to know what's going on with the HVAC, with the floors, behind the walls, with windows, doors, things that you you don't typically look for. So that is the home inspection. You will receive a home inspection report with the inspector's findings as well as photos. Now, every home purchase in North Carolina is as is. There is no requirement on a seller to make a repair. During your due diligence period, you may negotiate for repairs. But there is no requirement on a seller to agree to repair anything. Okay. So you want to be as certain as you can about a property before you go into it. But there are many things that we don't know and can't determine without that home inspection. Right, report. right. Okay. okay. So that's what the home inspection report is for it's about the condition of the home. The appraisal is what the bank orders because the bank wants to know that they're not loaning you more more money than what that house is worth. So the bank will order that appraisal. The buyer pays for it. The appraiser goes, looks at that home, and compares it to other homes similarly sold nearby to come up with a value of that property. So two completely different things. They serve two different purposes. The bank orders the appraisal to make sure that the value is good. And the home buyer orders the appraiser, that orders the inspection to make sure that they're getting a sound, solid structure that they're not going to be have to spend a whole lot of money coming out of the gate to make repairs for. Them.
0: Well, I'm glad you clarified that. Like I said, uh, people do get those confused as you've confirmed. But Sandra, I'm going to go ahead and allow you to tell people. How they can reach you? I do want you back because you've given us a wealth of information, and we just could not fit it all in this particular meeting or this particular interview. But I do want to have you back sometime soon. But in the meantime, please tell uh, our uh, listeners and our watchner watchers, I'm sorry, uh, how they can reach you, how they can uh, and employ you as their real estate agent. Because I strongly uh, suggest you. Uh, I know several real estate agents in the Triad, but Sounder right. So
1: tell them how they can reach you. <laughs> I thank you, Yolanda. I appreciate you for that. If anybody has any additional questions about real estate, feel free to shoot me an email, triadsbestrealty at gmail.com, T-R-I-A-D-S-B-E-S-T realty at gmail.com or feel free to give me a call or text me at 336-669-2702. It would be my pleasure to answer the questions or serve in any way. That I can.
0: Sadra, thank you so much. And I look forward to talking to you soon. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day.
1: Thank you, L- 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 <laughs> Yolanda. Enjoy <laughs> the rest of your afternoon. Have a great evening. Talk to you talk, soon. Talk to Love. you soon. Bye bye. Oh, I-